Welcome to your Natural Guide Magazine's podcast channel, Natural Conversations, where we capture the essence of living naturally by sharing inspiring life stories, learn lessons, natural living wellness tips, and more. So sit back, relax, and let us be your guide to a more natural way of life. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank... Uh... My guest today, Rachel Ann Dine, who is a licensed uh, professional counselor and owner of Humanitas uh, Counseling and Consulting in Chesapeake, Virginia, where she empowers women, teens, and couples to feel balanced, healthy, and authentic. Authentic living and mind, body, spirit wellness is a huge focus for her practice. She recently published her first book called Live learn and love real tips for women who are ready to be her best self her book can be purchased on amazon um welcome rachel ann it is so good to have you back on natural conversations thanks kim what a great introduction i really appreciate that i'm so happy to be here oh wonderful so I brought you on, I asked you to be our guest because recently, I think, well, recently in my life, and then also I have a daughter who's 10, um, we find ourselves dealing with kind of the same topic, which is like frenemies, which is really weird because I thought that this topic would only stay in her age group and not in mine, but I find us kind of having, kind of going through life together, having kind of the same issues, and so... What I wanted to do is see, I'm sure there's some listeners as well that are having issues with their either female um, friends or male friends and just having like, you know, kind of like thinking, I don't know if they're really a good friend or issues. And so I wanted to see if we could sit down, I could pick your brain about how to deal with this. You got it, Kim. Yeah. You know... (laughs) I think about it and frenemies, this is the tale as old as time, you know, um, definitely. And you would think that as people get older and they grow and um, practice that self-growth and maybe hopefully gain self-awareness that this uh, issue would kind of start to fade, but unfortunately it does not. So So I'm not crazy, but this is a real... (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm being super sensitive and maybe she is too. And so are like, you know, you go into second guessing mode and like, of what's course. wrong with me? And is it my fault? It, you know, you just kind of do that self, you know, dialogue that just is like, is this, re- is this me or is it them or what's going on? So I'm glad to hear you say that it's not, you know, it's not fake. It's not, it's a real. It's totally a real thing, no matter what age group that you're in. And, you know, unfortunately, that is the fallout is that oftentimes people who encounter a frenemy will start to question themselves, like what's going on here? Or, you know, it can just cause a whole lot of confusion because on the outset, um, frenemieships, you know, there can be some really good times that you have with that other person. You may laugh Mm -hmm. or have some fun, but then Mm -hmm. at at the root of it, there's this weird rivalry. um, And then really the core thing is jealousy. So that inability to be happy for that other person, um, maybe because of their own insecurities. 
Okay. So is that, well, what's, yeah. What are, what is the difference between real friends and fake ones or frenemies? I mean, is that it? It's like, you know, you can have fun, but then all of a sudden they'll stab you in the back or you'll get that weird vibe. Like, Oh, I don't like how she just said that, you know, is that what it is? 100% that all goes into it. And, you know, so I I think of this example. So say you you have really good news happen to you and you go and you tell your friend, of course. Um, So instead of them maybe being authentically happy for you, there's some kind of backhanded comment, um, frenemies also are really characterized by just maybe making, despite your best efforts, your friend just never seems to be happy with you. Um, Mm. Or even on the, on the flip side, your friend really only is around you during the good times. And so maybe something negative is happening in your life. You go to them, you need some support and they're just not there. Um, Mm. So, yeah, there's all, all different kinds of examples on when frenemies can pop up. So what is, what are some good characteristics of like a good friend? I feel like, I feel like I'm sixth grade counseling again, but (laughs) I think it's (laughs) me and my, one of my best friends, we will sit for hours. I'm not kidding. Hours and really dissect our friendships because they're, they at times tend to be so bizarre and puzzling that we cannot figure out the other person, whether it's their motives or whether they're really a good friend. And so can you just refresh what should we be looking for in a good friend and what should we not be settling for? You got it. I love that question, Kim. And before I jump into that, I just have to go back to what you just said about dissecting, you know, people's motives. It, that's mm-hmm. the kind of weird thing about frenemies is that oftentimes it's it's not even an overt, clear thing that happens. It It's this really kind of intangible weird gut feeling that you get after an interaction with somebody. Yes. And honestly, I think that that's people picking up on another person's uh, inability to be genuine. And it, it can really cause, I mean, it causes me anytime I come into contact with somebody who I feel is being genuine, I feel really weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. So, and then to kind of go into the healthy characteristics, oh my gosh, this is always such a good review because I think when life happens, it can be really easy to kind of lose sight of these things, you know? Yeah. 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 Sorry. It. Sorry. (laughs) We're into this, aren't we? I love it. I know. See, don't get me started on this topic, but go ahead. Yes. I'm going to listen. Because it's important to hear what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, above all the healthy traits of a good friendship, it's, uh, you know, being reciprocal through the good times and the bad times in your life. There's this sense of reliability and trust that if something good happens, you can call your friend and there's no motive. There's no underhanded backstabbing comment. It's just truly them being happy for you because they love you and they like you. Typically with a healthy friendship, there's going to be a feeling of positivity after you interact with them. You're going to feel good. Whereas with a frenemy, you're good. You may feel drained um, on the emotional level or confused. 
Um, then there's that basic with a healthy friendship, you can go out, you can enjoy your life activities together. Um, and then of course there's trust that goes without saying. And my favorite one, Kim is no matter what, there's this bond that you have with your friend that is in impenetrable throughout life transitions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about my best girlfriend um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I'm not 10 years old, but I still have a best friend and uh, she, no matter what, we've moved 14 hours away from each other. She's had a child, but I always know in the good times and in the bad, I can call her up. She will be there for me. She will make time when I come back in town. We really have this bond, um, despite life transitions that has stayed intact. Yeah. I mean, and I, yes, I have friends that I've, I, I've real my really close friendships and there are probably three that I can re you know, friends with, I've been best friends since I was like in fourth grade and the other one I met when I was in like, um, eighth or ninth grade and yeah throughout life we've you know they've moved and we've had kids and all that but yeah 100 percent, we're committed to each other you know what I mean like yeah they're there for me they need something and I'm there for them when they need something and although we may not talk for a month or you know life gets in the way a little bit we pick up right where we left off with a phone call and it's normal and it feels good to your point and it's you know, it's just like, oh, it's easy. Exactly. And that's what you just mentioned, you know, the ability to kind of pick up where you've left off. That's huge. That's, yeah. yeah I mean, and it's hard to find people like that in this day and age, but they are still out there. And I can't encourage people enough, you know, um, if you have those weird feelings about someone in your life, depending on the situation, you know, uh, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but always try to at first talk to them about it and, you know, use those basic I statements. I feel like there's not a true level of happiness when I share things with you. Sometimes I feel like I can't trust you because you've told somebody else some things that I asked you not to and kind of see where it goes. You know, a true friend will go there with you and they will uh, work to make the relationship better. But a frenemy tends to kind of shy away when it comes to having these authentic emotional experiences. Wow. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> because I know for me, sometimes I just kind of shut down and shut it off and just go you know I'm kind of fight or flight I'm gonna fly you mm -hmm. know I'm just not gonna see you later you know I'm not gonna bother with you anymore but I think it's important to give the other person the benefit of the doubt and have at least that conversation you know to get it well to you know I guess have let them have their say but also to get things off your chest too before you cutting the relationship Exactly. Exactly. And that, you know, it's so case by case dependent. I mean, if this is someone who you're, you want to fight for that relationship, then yeah. of course, always having a conversation. But Kim, if this is like somebody who repeatedly done things over and over, I'm all about cutting out that toxicity and letting, letting them go. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, I, we, I I joke about this, like I'm having friend issues at 39, but I think (laughs) what the big is that I want my life to be as authentic and genuine, just like you said, as possible. And so I allow somebody into my space that negates that, then it's not going to work. It's going to throw me off balance. And so I think it's important for, yeah, for myself or for our listeners to recognize and take inventory of who's in our space because we're responsible for people in our space, just as though we're responsible for our own happiness. That's part of it. And whether you do that at 39, 22 or 50, and you might have to do it at all. I feel like all different parts of life because mm-hmm. you, um, and you know, you have those people have to mirror kind of who you are and what you stand for. You're exactly right. Um, that's yeah. No, no matter what age, I, I, sometimes I think that when you're younger, you know, um, I certainly can use the example when I was in my early twenties, I had a lot more space in my life for having frenemies because at that stage, maybe I wasn't as self-aware as I am now. Um, or, even more tolerant. I I was a little more tolerant of allowing people into my life, but you know, hopefully the goal is the older you get, the more you develop that self-awareness and being intentional. I know you and I always talk about that, you know, being intentional with the people, places, and things that you allow in your life. Um, because time is precious and time is your most valuable commodity. It's that cliche statement. That's so true. So why allow people who cause you to feel like you can't be yourself or, you know, to have people that you don't have that genuine connection with, why have them in your precious time and social circle? That's so good. God, that's why I bring you on because I learned so much. Oh gosh. I, just, Thanks, I love Ken. you. I mean, girl, you give the best advice. Oh, you really? Well, I, I mean, you do. Well, thank it's like, you. Oh, yes. Let me ask you this real quick. I'm going to get a little bit of Freudian, I guess. I don't know. Let's a little bit deeper. I want to ask you a question. Like why are, what makes a friend of me, a friend of me, like how come they're like that? How come people are, how come people develop into frenemies? Like what, what the hell's wrong? (laughs) Right. Why can't they have a genuine relationship? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've been thinking about that a lot about this topic of, um, even the, the mean girl, you know, and where that comes from. Yes. You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, of course, how someone is raised. Um, and I know we're going to get into this maybe a little bit more, but really how the level of competition that's instilled in a person from an early age. Um, and sometimes people are kind of not taught the skill of being happy for other people upon their successes. Um, and, and so I see that happen quite a bit. Um, and the comparison trap. So, okay, Kim, I'm sorry. I just like lost my train of thought. That's okay. Comparison trap uh, route. So what I was thinking is that, so you think that this is a learned behavior more than anything else. Like this is learned I, from I, early age. 
I think it's certainly learned from an early age. I think it's also kind of a cultural phenomenon that exists. You know, we're kind of in this um, mentality that celebrates who's going to be the best. um, And they're awarded for that kind of behavior. And if someone isn't taught to just be happy for other people, then it can cause them to kind of go into this unhealthy mindset um, of, continuing on that competitive nature. You know, the other thing I think about is when people don't realize their unique skill set and traits that they bring to the world, when they see somebody else doing very well, or maybe their best girlfriend aged and they're not, but they've been working um, on their career, instead of being able to see that, hey, I been working on bettering myself and my career I should be happy for my friend for getting engaged they take it almost as like a personal um attack or it taps into their insecurities wow that's good yeah that's Mm -hmm. right on that's right on um yeah I think it's important yeah because I see a lot of frenemies they're not self-confident it's almost an it's like an insecurity issue correct in a way yeah like, it's very apparent. Like, they can't be happy for you or they don't feel com- confident and comfortable in your space because they're not internally confident in themselves. That's you- so crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, to be a good friend, there has to be a level of self-confidence that's intact, you know, and yeah. having a healthy dose of self-confidence is, is just healthy in general, not arrogance, but being comfortable with knowing who you are. Um, and like I've already said, those skills, traits, and abilities that you have. Um, and, you know, this may sound kind of weird, but in our world, there's always going to be somebody else who maybe has a higher level of education than you that um, may have more money, um, may have a bigger house, and blah, blah, blah. The list can go on. But guess what? That's okay because what they may have um, – you, you have other traits that fill in or um, yeah. complement them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what I found too is, and I don't know if this is normal kind of people-pleasing behavior that I'm recognizing in myself and then also in others when I watch this happen to other people where they get frenemied mm-hmm. as a verb. I'll use it as a verb. Um, but I noticed like for myself, I use a little bit of self deprecating humor. I feel like I have to diffuse kind of the situation when I'm in the presence of a frenemy. Like I have to go out of my way to make them more comfortable and more confident. Is that, is that a thing, Rachel? I mean, is that, what, what do I do then? Should I not do that? Should I just kind of, I don't know. Should I just... I'm like, now I'm getting therapy. So, oh my gosh, no, I think that, but, this, you know, should I have enough confidence in myself to not have to make everybody feel comfortable around me? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I know exactly what you're saying. And I'm so okay. glad that you brought this up because that's kind of a huge red flag slash indication that maybe you're not amongst the biggest group of supporters. Um, Anytime you have to dumb yourself down or dim your light, you know, that's another one of those terms we hear a lot. Don't dim your light, but it's so true. The second that you have to kind of shrink yourself down or downplay the positive traits about you, 
um, mm, it's, it's something to take note of. Um, I, the people that, and I'll just throw it out here that I surround myself with, I can fully and totally be me. And if, if I can't be that person, I try to make sure that a lot of my time isn't being spent with them. Of course, there's some people who we have to work with. Um, I think about, you know, when I worked in the agency setting uh, before I had my practice. Yeah, where you could tell that some they were kind of shooting darts at you with their eyes. Um, that's that's an uncomfortable place to be in. So if in our personal lives, though, we have so much more control uh, over that experience and who we surround ourselves with. So yeah, to answer your question, I do not think that we should ever downplay our traits or talents. Um, I'm all for, you know, laughing at myself and maybe once in a blue moon making that little uh, funny joke about something that I did that was silly. Um, That's healthy. But Mm -hmm. maybe examine your motive for doing that. What's causing you? Is it because they something about that other person is making you feel like you can't celebrate you or are you really just trying to tell a joke and make somebody laugh? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you brought up the workplace. I mean, you and I have had some crazy, we've shared some crazy workplace stories, but yes. don't exist in personal life. They also exist in professional lives. And so, I mean, that's crazy. That's a whole nother podcast about, you know, your work being toxic with a bunch of fake, as frenemies too. So be careful of that as well, listeners. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Know, yeah. For both your, you know, um, your relationships in your personal life and professional life too. You have to be comfortable and authentic at both in order to be successful or comfortable or live authentically. But I wanted to ask you real quick, do you think, you know, to touch back on that fact of frenemies, as women, um, because of our culture, are more tolerant and put up with frenemies than men. Like, do we just, you know, take it in? Do we just kind of do that? Because women, I feel like, are taught to be be quiet, sit nice, smile, don't cause a fight, don't argue with anyone, be good, and don't necessarily worry about yourself. I mean, we're kind of getting out of that a little bit mindset, but it's still there still there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely is still there. Um, I think you touched on it. You know, there is still, it's gotten a lot better, I would say, but there is yeah. still that mentality of the be nice, um, watch how you say things. Um, yes. You don't want to be considered mean, but yeah, the, the truth is, you know, advocating for yourself and setting boundaries or asking for what you want from someone doesn't make you mean or a difficult person. Um, and I think women can get a bad rap for that. Um, then, of course, the other thing I think about, women are very social creatures. Um, that's just kind of how we're hardwired. We are verbal. We like to talk. Um and there can also be that people pleasing mentality gets that gets thrown in there, which of course men have they suffer from the people pleasing mentality as well. Um, so they're not exactly uh, absolved of that. So yeah, there's so many different combinational things that go on, and I do think that women, most women, they just want to be nice. They don't want to hurt feelings. Um, 
but like I always tell my clients, you know, if you put aside your own needs, you're the one that kind of gets the short end of the stick. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think that that kind of can promote that being more tolerant yeah. of frenemies. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, it's up to us to create boundaries mm-hmm. and, you know, we, and Dr. Phil once said it, I'm, I'm putting you know, you and Dr. Phil are like my two gurus. There he is. Like, you're like sugar and he's a little spice. I go to my Dr. Phil. That's but when awesome. I need a nice worm, it's okay. It'll be okay. I've been allowed Rachel land. Now, um, <laughs> I love it. I do. Um, so I lost my train of thought too, but let me ask it you this real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the boundaries and all that. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that is such an important skill to teach our daughters and our um, our sons and our children at such a young age because I feel like that's kind of like a muscle. And the more that we get used to kind of exercising that muscle of who we want in our lives and, you know, what that means and what does that look like and not allowing anybody to mistreat us that the better in life will be. And so let me ask you this. I know you work with teens a lot. Yes. What kind of advice, I'm going to end our podcast on this. What kind of advice would you give a teen who let's say is being bullied or is in the presence? Let's say her friends are becoming frenemies or she, you know, like my daughter's going into middle school and I remember middle school was tons of frenemies. Mm-hmm. So what, what advice would you give her or anybody else? You know, uh, my first immediate response to that question was to know your worth, um, which we've already touched on that, but to really become in tune with your value and the traits that are unique to you, what makes you special. Um, And then to know that if you are feeling upset or not a genuine connection with somebody, it's okay for you to disengage and not be friends with them. Um, there are people for every person in this world. Um, that's one thing I do try to teach people of all ages is that if you don't feel like you found your group, continue to be yourself and they will come. Um, so if you like art, go get into an art class. Um, If you enjoy sports, go, if you're an adult, go join an adult women's soccer team. Or if, you know, in high school, there's so many different sports you can try. Find out your unique traits and then run with them. And that's how you will become connected with the people who are supposed to be in your life. I just got chills. I love, and it's, you know, it's just a nice reminder of, yeah, surround yourself with people that have your same interests. And yeah, keep looking because you're going to find your people. You're going to find your people. They're all out there. Don't don't give up and don't lose hope. And um, then the other thing I would just add in is making friends as an adult. It can be hard. That can take a little bit longer. Um, I think adults can be a little more set in their ways. But keep branching out. Um, and even if you don't have a good experience in trying to meet new friends, don't, don't lose hope. Um, there, like I've already said, there are people out there for everyone. So. (laughs) Yeah. And even if you have one or two, 
That's all you need. Oh my gosh. I mean, you have one or two great friends that are always there for you and it could be your cousin and it could be your family and it doesn't even matter. But if they're there for you, I mean, that does more than having six, you know, or seven acquaintances that you don't even know are your friends. 100%. You you know, girl, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. They'll get you through. That's right. They'll get you through. That's right. Okay. Well, Rachel, Anne, thank you so much for all your wisdom and your guidance. As always, you are truly my go-to for my relationships, for my stress and life challenges. And you're always there when I need you. So I truly appreciate you and, of course, your friendship. Um, yeah. So thank you. And if somebody you know, needs advice from you or would like to seek um, you out for counseling, how do they get in contact with you? Sure. So um, my practice is called Humanitas Counseling and Consulting, but I'd say the easiest way, do a quick little Google search uh, of my name, Rachel Ann Dine, LPC. My website will come up, um, but that's also www.humanitascounseling-consulting.com. Or they can just call me 757-739-6771. Awesome. And Go buy her book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean it because I think it's, I think it touches on a lot of great topics and can help a lot of women, you know? And so please check it out on Amazon. Like definitely. I think it's amazing. I think it's an amazing book. So um, yeah, Rachel Ann, thank you so much for everything today. I well, really, Kim, really thank appreciate you. It. And I'm, I'm so grateful for your natural guide. It's definitely something that I think our area lacks and that you were able to really bring to the table. So, you know, I adore you as well. And um, I love doing, I love, I love coming on here with you and, and talking with you. So thank you. Yeah. We're going to do it again. Don't you worry. When I get something else I need help with, I'll bring <laughs> you back on. <laughs> I'm there. I am yeah. there. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, thank you listeners for joining us again. And don't forget to follow us on social media at your natural guide. You guys have a great day and enjoy your week. Bye. You too. Bye.